Good morning. Good morning. My name's Helen. I'm your host this morning. You're very welcome. If you're here, hi Sarah, give me a wave. If you are visiting this morning, you are so welcome. Hopefully you've been greeted by our welcome team and been given all the information you need for this morning and a welcome pack. Um, please have a look at that uh, later on or during the meeting and um, see what that's got to tell you about us. Contributions. We love to have contributions from all of you guys. That might be a prayer, that might be a Bible reading, a prophecy, it might be a tongue. If you want to come and use the microphone, or we'd really love you to come and use the microphone actually, so that everyone can hear. Um, you can't hear me without a microphone, um, thank goodness. So please come and use the microphone so it can be on the recording which goes out and that everyone in the room can hear you. Children, there are groups downstairs this morning. So you will be going downstairs after a few songs. Um, parents, if you're, you've not been here before, you don't know where to go, go out of that door, down the stairs, and there'll be folks downstairs to be able to point you in the right direction for your aged children, and they'll be registered downstairs. So Ben's leading worship this morning, Andrew's preaching, which is a massive secret what he's preaching on. I tried to find out what he's preaching on. There's no information anywhere. So <laughs> he's got free reign to do whatever he likes, whatever he's planned, he might not be preaching on. <laughs> um, which leads into the dream I had last night. Um, I often dream about the meeting um, before I host, and I dreamt that it was complete chaos this morning. Um, but apparently people did know what they were doing. Um, and I was thinking about what God was trying to say through that. And um, the, the verse from Corinthians where it says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, came to mind. And I was just reminded of how we have power, boldness and freedom in Christ to grow, to be more like him. That freedom looks different for different people and different cultures. Um, but we all have that power and that boldness, the grace of Jesus to come and have freedom in him. We have that freedom to grow, to be more like him. So this morning, give yourself the freedom to listen to what God's saying to you, to speak what God's saying to you. That might be through a contribution for all of us, through worship, through whatever Andrew brings, and through his spirit. So just to invite the Spirit to come and be with us this morning, that we'd have freedom in him to worship him in boldness and grace, that we would be more like him. Ben. Good morning, everybody. Um, welcome. It's great to see you all. If you're willing and able, please do stand, and we'll start this time of worship.
Psalm 145. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness. 
and joyfully sing of your righteousness. Yes, Lord, you are truly great, truly awesome. And Lord, thank you for the example in this psalm that, that as we consider afresh who you are and what you've done for us, Lord, may we be really filled with a sense of joy and celebration as we give you the glory this morning. Thank you, Lord. Um, you might not have all been able to see from where you are, but Matilda, a minute ago, was just talk about freedom in Christ. I mean, she was just expressing herself, um, and I'd really encourage you to all do that. Just go for it. Who cares? Have the freedom of a child and just express yourself, whether that be with your voice or with your body. Um, I'd really encourage you this morning to do that. With that in mind, we've got some new actions. <laughs> We're going to give them a go this morning. Joy in the house. 
There's joy in the house of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet.
I know it's really early, um, but um, some of you will have been here last week when I shared about the trials of Erin's um, accommodation for next year at University at Bristol. Um, that's a whole other story. If you want to know and you didn't hear, come and ask. But during the time, um, I found it really hard. Now, most of you will look and think, Sean's really positive, nothing phases her, but I really, really struggled. And I was out walking a dog one day, and I'm like, God, I can't see, how's this going to work? What's going to happen? And I just felt him say, it says in all circumstances, praise God. And I'm like, but I don't feel like it. And the dog's looking at me going, well, I don't feel like walking in the rain. But, <laughs> but the, word, the, the song that came to me was, oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder, which is the first one we sang. Um, I, can't rem- I can never remember all the verses. I can remember the first one. The stars, the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe display. Then sings my soul. Um, my saviour God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Now, it wasn't instant, but I just knew that God was in the situation. It didn't necessarily make me feel wonderful straight away, but I knew he was there. And it was just, God, I've got to praise you when I don't feel like it, when it's really hard and I don't know what's going to happen. And I wanted to share that. Thank you, Sean. It's now that time where we ask the children and young people to go to their various groups. So if you're new or you're not sure where to go, back corner over there. Father God, we pray for our children and young people and all those that faithfully serve with them. Lord, we thank you for them. We pray your blessing upon them. Amen.
just going to read from Revelation, but just first of all, Jesus, as a man, walked to the cross. As a man, he, he suffered pain. He suffered rejection. He suffered hardship. He suffered poverty. He suffered everything that anybody in this world has ever suffered. Jesus was rejected. He walked to the cross. He died on the cross. But John in Revelation had a wonderful vision of the risen Jesus. Jesus, who is a man, but Jesus, who is also God. And he says in Revelation 1.9, I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patience, endurance that is ours in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. And, this is good, on the Lord's day I was in the spirit and I heard behind me a loud voice like the trumpet which said, write a scroll and send it to the seven churches. And I turned round to see the voice that was speaking to me and when I turned I saw seven golden lampstands and among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was like white, like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. When I saw him, John said, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. Now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Hallelujah and amen. Actually, can we just lose that slide for a moment, please? Sorry. Don't want to give, don't want to give too much away because, you know, Helen's built this mystery over what we're going to be looking at. And so, you know, I thought we'd just play that for a bit longer. Uh, there is no mystery, I hasten to add, but there is a story behind what we're going to be preaching on this term. And I want to tell that story uh, first of all. But before I do, I just want to make a comment about um, last Sunday. Uh, I've been Emma and I weren't here last Sunday, but uh, um, listening, I've been listening to the recording of the meeting, which incidentally should go live fairly soon. Um, and uh, wow, if you were here, you'll know what I'm referring to. Wasn't it good hearing about how God had been touching people's hearts and lives in this church and what it had been about? And I just want to say thank you to every person who shared. Well done in being brave sharing. It's not always easy to do. And uh, let's continue to celebrate those things and hear more. Because I think one of the things which I'm constantly amazed at is there are so many stories which we just don't get to hear. And yet those stories bring glory and honour to God and they strengthen us as a church. And so please, friends, let's be sharing our stories of God's goodness and God's grace over our lives. And you know, we, we, we try and create that opportunity for that at least every other Sunday, if not every Sunday, 
Uh, so please, you know, dive in there, take the opportunity, let's share it. And if you weren't here this last Sunday, I think the recording's just about ready to go live, isn't it, Tom? The recording from last Sunday should be going live very soon, so you can listen to it. And I would encourage you to listen to it. It's so encouraging just to see what God's been about in our church. Um, right, moving back to uh, this morning. <coughs> what am I, or what are we going to be looking at this term? Uh, I have the privilege of introducing our series for this term, and um, it's an unusual series. In fact, it's so unusual, I'm told that when Helen asks Sean, what's Andrew preaching on this morning? He goes, I can't explain it, <laughs> uh, or something along those lines. It's too complex, we'll just have to wait to hear. Uh, it's not easy just to package it up into a few words. But basically, uh, we were away as elders. By the way, do you know that the elders in this church, while I'm employed, the other elders aren't employed, and they give their time freely and generously, and actually massive amounts of their time. And just, I just want to recognize that and appreciate the, what the elders do and carry in this church. It's massive. Um, so we were away for a day as elders seeking God, and uh, this is back at the end of the summer, and uh, we felt God start to speak to us about seven areas he wanted to encourage us in in this next season. And the more we talked about it and thought about it, we, we felt actually there's a preaching series here of, of, what we, of teaching we want to bring uh, to help us in our relationship with God. Ultimately, that was the essence of uh, those seven areas we felt God highlight. And so, not this week, but the following seven weeks, we are uh, going to be uh, running a series exploring one of each of those areas. At the same time, with the encounter week, which starts a week tomorrow, um, there will be daily notes built around each of those themes coming out by email to everybody who's on the update list. If you're not on the update list, grab hold of Karen after the meeting, get your name on the update list. Uh, and there'll also be an encounter room here, which again, each day fresh material will be released into, which you can use to gather and to consider what God is saying to us and how we may respond. So I, I just want to give that by way of an introduction um, uh, or an explanation, really, I guess, of uh, where we're going over this term, where we feel God's uh, been stirring us and leading us to teach into uh, over this term. Now, along with that, I've also found God really taking me to the book of Lamentations. Now, I, can I just ask, who's read the book of Lamentations here, let's say in the last two years? Do you want to raise your hand? Wow. Annual Bible reading plans? Many of you? Oh, it's fantastic. Great. It's an unusual book, isn't it? We, we, you know, you, you go through, working through the Bible and you come across Lamentations and think, Wow, what, what is this all about? Well, for those of you who don't know, the story of Lamentations links very much into the history of Israel, the people of God as we read about them in the Old Testament, and particularly links into Jeremiah. In fact, some people think Lamentations was written by Jeremiah, uh, albeit we can't be 100% sure. And um, basically, the, the sort of the big picture story which is going on, is um, Israel have a history, the people of God have a history of blowing their relationship with God. And actually, we can read that throughout the Old Testament, that 
their hearts grow hard to God, they start to look to other gods, the gods around them, uh, of other nations and things like that, and they lose relationship with God, and then God draws them back, and we read about that in the Judges and Kings and uh, throughout the Old Testament. But what happens in the book of Jeremiah is things get so bad, God says he's going to effectively abandon his people and allow them to be taken captive. And so in the book of Jeremiah, you read how the the people of God, Israel, are conquered by uh, the forces of Babylon and taken back to Babylon. And that's where they end up, or at least a a good chunk of Israel end up, and of, of Jerusalem end up in Babylon. And there they are in exile, and they have to submit to the ways of uh, the king. And you can read a bit about that in the book of Daniel and various other places about how some of the people of God stay pure and holy to God, even though they're in exile under an alien king and an alien God. Um, But in the book of Lamentations, what we find is a lament. We don't use that word very much, but that's where lamentations come from. What a lament, it's like a... I mean, the, lit, the literal translation is this, it's how. It's like, how on earth did we end up in this place? How on earth did we allow ourselves to get to this place where we're in exile, where we seem to have lost our relationship with God? How on earth that happened? And so you get this lament, these five chapters of Lamentations, which takes on a lament. And... Uh, what we can start to see is, if you read the book of Lamentations, you may want to go away and read it, um, how the people, God's people, start to recognize and acknowledge what's gone wrong and start to address what's gone wrong. And um, I'd like us, if we can have the slides, please, sorry. So uh, I'm titling this morning, Learning from Israel's Past. Our series is called Step In, Step Up, Step Out. And we'll explain more about what we mean by that in a moment. Um, But I'd like us to read just one verse from Lamentations. It's this verse here, Lamentations 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 18. And in the middle of an expression of sorrow and of sinfulness, uh, the author of Lamentations writes this, The Lord is righteous. I just want to pause there. Before we go any further, understand we sung of it earlier. We, we use the phrase good, but, uh, effectively similar sort of uh, sense of meaning, albeit righteous encompasses pure and holy and all sorts of other things. The Lord is righteous. Know that God is good. And I feel this morning for some of us we need to hear that God is good. He's righteous. He can only act rightly. That's who he is. And for some of us, we may be even questioning, what is God like? Look at this mess I'm in. Look at the situation I'm in. Look at the circumstances I'm in. You may not even yet know him. You may be just here wanting to explore what it means to know Almighty God. Well, please know this. He's good. He will always act rightly, righteously. So the Lord is righteous. 
And then yet the author then goes on and goes, yet I rebelled against his command. Oh. Yet I rebelled against his command. Listen, all you people. Now, he's, he, he's, he's writing to, uh, uh, to, to, the, to the people of Israel, saying, listen, hey, Israel, wake up, listen. <laughs> but actually, we can also hear this. Look upon my suffering. You can read the other uh, preceding 17 verses. He summarizes it, though, here. My young men and maidens have gone into exile. He captures it there. We've failed. We've, we've, we've lost the favor of God. God's not protected us here. He's allowed us to go into exile. We've lost our young people. The future of our nation has been taken off into exile, into Babylon. Goodness me, what's going to happen? Is this the end of Israel? Can you see this the picture which is being painted here? Is such a sense of sadness, of lament. I'm told it was Isaac Newton who coined this phrase originally. You probably know the phrase. You probably heard it used, whether it was Newton or not. I can't be 100% sure. Definition of insanity. Doing the same thing and hoping for a different result. Doing the same thing and hoping for a different result. Actually, hang on, sorry. We, we, we were in exile and you suddenly brought us to Isaac Newton. What, what are you getting at? Well, friends, I think we are at risk in our everyday lives of being like Israel. See, the history of Israel shows how easily mankind can struggle to actually have a real living relationship, a vibrant relationship with God. How quickly mankind can move to legalism or to license, both unhealthy and both misunderstandings of God's grace. Where we ultimately we end up, we live to perform rather than to worship. That's the story of Israel, that's the potential story for us. Of course, you, you may say, well, yeah, but we've got the Holy Spirit who helps us. So absolutely, we have. And that Jesus has conquered sin and death on the cross. Absolutely, he has. But can I suggest to us there are a number of areas where we may be at risk even today of behaving like Israel. Four areas. Sorry, this, uh, looking at this, this is a little bit challenging to read, possibly. Apologies for that. Four areas we need to watch. The first one's this. We can be duplicitous in our relationship with God. We, in other words, we can be pursuing other gods. We may add them in with our relationship with God, or we may actually let them conquer our relationship with God. But the world in which we live, which has billions of gods nowadays to be worshipped. You can find a God of anything you want to worship. You can worship anything. It tempts us, it lulls us, it draws us 
into worshipping other things other than Almighty God. We can end up being duplicitous in our relationship with God, literally duplicating that we have other gods in our life. Really? Do I really think that? Friends, confession time. I know that. I can do that. And I guess you're not that different from me, and you can do that too. If you don't, don't let me put that on you. But I think the reality, if we're really prepared to consider and pause and stop, is we know that in, each, in our hearts that actually that we have the potential to do that, and actually we probably have been doing that at some point in our lives, and maybe are doing that even today. Where our lives, rather than being surrendered in the entirety to Almighty God in worship, you know, that which is the ultimate expression of surrender, actually get given in worship to all sorts of other things too. Second one. We can appear to be godly. In other words, we can appear to behave in a godly way and living for him while our relationship has actually become unhealthy. What do I mean by that? Well, again, if this isn't you, great, well done in it not being you. But isn't it easy to allow the signs of relationship, the uh, performance to triumph over worship, to, uh, that, that actually we... We give ourselves more to appearing to be godly than actually being godly. That it all comes the what what appears on the outside. Oh well, on a Sunday, yeah, I love to raise my hands in worship, and I look like I'm really worshiping God, and maybe I am but then what's the rest of my week look like and how's it look? And is actually what I do on a Sunday a genuine reflection of my, my life or is it just ticking some boxes? That sounds harsh, I know. But let's be aware that actually it's very easy to do that. Third one. We can know, say we know God's grace but never live it out. We sung earlier, your grace is enough. <laughs> wow, do we actually believe that? Does it really shape our hearts and lives? Do we live out of the grace of God or do we run quickly into other things to justify our existence, to enable us to get through life, to do what we need to do? Where are we at with that? Do we let grace reach our hearts and penetrate our hearts? Which in their natural form are full of judgment. Do we let grace penetrate deep into our spirits? and move us to loving compassion 
to kindness, to all those other fruit of the Spirit, because it's the Spirit of God who stirs the grace of God in us, the charisma, the grace gifts of God, which stirs something in our hearts, which enables us to live life the way that Father's called us to. And here's a fourth area. We can sing songs of love and great devotion and yet be actually devoted to other things. A little bit similar, really, to the first one, just trying to phrase it in a different way. Where is our devotion? It could be career. It could be success. It could be money. It could be image. It could be status. It could be the approval of others. It could be family. It could be friends. It could be anything and everything. Do we live for the audience of one? Do we live knowing that, that God is there? He's seeing how we live our lives. He's watching. Do we live for the audience of one or for many things? Where is our devotion? I guess when laid out so starkly, many of us can, uh, probably couldn't see ourselves here. And we may be thinking, oh, goodness, what do I do now? Where do I go now? I'm feeling exposed. In fact, the story of Lamentations is recognizing where they've got to, of acknowledging, I've got this wrong. Before moving on to repentance, we have to first of all acknowledge that actually things have got out of control here, Lord. Things have got out of balance here, Lord. Now, please, don't beat yourselves up. If, you, if you're not in this place, fantastic, praise God. Let's make sure we stay out of this place. But if you are in this place, let's recognize. Let's acknowledge what's happening just as we read in the book of Lamentations, let's start to acknowledge what's going on. Because in the very knowledge of, yeah, this is how I am, we find integrity and we can start to restore our lives in God. And know that God is a God of grace who welcomes us into his family, who loves us, who's, paid the price, who's allowed Jesus to come and pay the price for our sin, and therefore there is no reason why we cannot be restored to God into the fullness of relationship he desires for us. So over the next seven weeks, we're going to be considering seven ways, seven areas where we can deepen our relationship with God, areas where we may want to work in our relationship with God. We're grouping them around these three themes of stepping in, stepping up, and stepping out. Now, you may think, what on earth does that mean? So let's just explain each one. Step into a deeper relationship with God. Let's step in. You know, you, as I'm walking, I make every, yeah, every step counts and all that sort of stuff, and you, I don't have my phone on me, but I really should because I'm gradually getting to my... 10,000 steps a day, which you're meant to do, which I never actually managed to do at all. Five, if I'm lucky. That's 5,000, I hasten to add, not five steps. <laughs> and, um, but we step into things. We can make choice. 
When you knock on somebody's door, you can choose to step into their home, assuming they welcome you. When you arrived at this building, you could choose to either come in or to stay out. You aren't going to hear very much if you're standing on the bridge, I'm sorry to say. Maybe we need an outside speaker. But if you come in, when you step into something, you get the benefit of wherever you've come to. Let's step in to deeper relationship with God. Let's look for encounters with him. He desires to encounter us without any doubt at all. The scriptures encourage us to do that. Let's therefore worship him. Yes, let's rejoice in him. Let's devote ourselves to him. Prayer, worship, reading his word, all of those things help us to grow in a deeper relationship with God. Journey of a thousand miles or a hundred miles starts with one step. Change one small thing. However you want to phrase it, there's probably something we could be doing, choosing to do today, which will help us to go deeper in our relationship with God. It may be a choice not to do something, but actually in that there is a choice to do something. Are we going to step in in our relationship with God and his spirit. But there's other things. So we said step in, then the step up. Step up to a different way of living. What's that mean? If I'm stepping up, it's just I'm going higher. Like if I was on, this, on the floor and I step up. Oop, I'm going to fall off. Bad illustration. Uh, step up into something. I'm stepping up into the fullness of something. God has given us so much to step up into. When we understand who we are in Christ, when we allow God to define us, who I am, how we live, we start with surrender to God. That's stepping into him. That's in, in, encountering him. And then as we allow him to shape us, we step up. We step up into his presence. We step up into the fullness of all that he's called us to be, to do. That deep sense of identity in Christ. That sense of being secure in Christ. That sense of being loved, precious children filled with his spirit. You know, the word is crucial here because actually one of the things we have to step up into is choosing to believe what the word says about God and what he says about us. And how we are to live. We have to step up into. To both believe and choose to receive his word. But as we do that we find we are strengthened in our inner self. As we do that we find, we, uh, we find freedom to be not have to do. We find that uh, we have freedom then to express all that God is to others in an easy way. Friends, stepping up into the presence of God, stepping up into the fullness of all God has for us in a different way of living based on how, who God is and all that he's done for us. We step into his presence. We step up into a different way of living. And then having done that, we step out with the good news of the kingdom of God. And we'll talk a bit more about this like all the others. What's it mean to step out with the good news of the kingdom of God? I'd like to use this phrase, relational obedience resulting from who we are. 
Oh, what do you mean by relational obedience? Well, it's not just I've got to do. It's I want to do because of this relationship. This relationship means I want to act in these ways. I want to reach out in these ways. Why? Because this relationship is so important. This relationship with God changes everything, which then means how I live will be different. In other words, motivated by grace to share the good news. Not by a sense of law, not by a sense of I've got to do this. But motivated by grace. Having a quiet and spirit such that we can hear and see what the Spirit is doing, the Holy Spirit is doing, and follow his lead to see his kingdom come. And you know, that happens in all sorts of ways. Healing, salvation, bringing peace and comfort to the distressed, to the lonely and the afraid. Uh, expressing God's heart of justice. I loved, um, where have you gone, Tony? Oh, you'll be there. I loved your comment earlier about, you know, I, I can't remember how you phrased it, but I love justice. Oh, justice is on God's heart. That's something his spirit does. Stirs that passion for God's justice to come to the world. All of these things happen because out of stepping in to encountering God, out of stepping up to understanding who we are in Christ and allowing that freedom to blossom, we can then step out with the good news of the gospel. That is to see the kingdom of God come in all situations. I need to wrap up. Friends, when Israel got things wrong, What did they have to do first of all? They had to acknowledge the situation they were in. Having acknowledged the situation they're in, if you read on into Lamentations, you you will see uh, the repentance of the people of God. Friends, let's do the same. Where was things which have got out of kilter in our relationship with God? Let's start to address them. Let's start to help one another to address them. Let's help one another to find ways to live differently, to change one small thing, to take a little step back into the plans and purposes of God. And then another step. And keep on taking those steps. How do we do that? We do it by being real with each other, by being a community who've got hearts tender to Almighty God, who allow, his, who allow his spirit to stir us and speak to us, and we respond to him. I mentioned four areas. I just want to remind us what those four areas are. Four areas we may want to watch out. Hey, have I come duplicitous in my relationship with God? Have I got other gods in my life? Have I allowed performance to take over relationship, to become more important? I want to be seen in these ways. I want to appear to do these things, but actually the relationships become unhealthy. I'm not really living living out of relationship. I'm just doing. Have I really got hold of the grace of God? In fact, more importantly, has the grace of God got hold of me? Is it living in me such that I... I become a living expression of the grace of God. And what do I really worship? What am I really devoted to?
Now, we could add a whole load more areas. These were just ones which I felt God particularly stir in my heart as I was preparing. So please don't limit it to this. If you feel the Spirit of God just stirring something in your heart where you're thinking, hey, I think I need to address this. I need to do something about this. Then go for it. But what I'd like us to do now is to pause. I think too often in life, (laughs) and uh, maybe I'm getting older and eventually learning some lessons, too often in life we just rush through things. I'm a busy person. I don't know whether you are. I've always got things on my mind. I've always got things on the go. But actually solitude and quiet is really good to stop and hear and to reflect. So what I'm going to do now is just lead us into a moment of quiet and invite the Spirit of God to come and just touch our hearts and highlight anything we need to address. And what I want to encourage you to do is to acknowledge it. Acknowledge what the Spirit of God's doing in your heart. Acknowledge what he's highlighting in your heart. And then respond in your heart. And after a couple of minutes of quiet, I'll lead us in a prayer. Is that okay? Is that a deal? Great. Father, we just uh, want to say thank you for your word and thank you for all that you are. Now, would you come and help us just to pause and to reflect? And would you come and speak to us? Father God, come and speak to us by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Now, if you felt the spirit of just stirring something in your heart, please acknowledge it. Don't get distracted by other things. If you know you need to respond, I'd like to invite you to stand at this point. You may think, why? Well, it's certainly not for me or for anybody else in the room. I'd like everybody to keep their eyes closed. But it's for God. You can just stand before him and say, actually, I know I need to address some things here. And so feel free now just to stand if that's you. It's a brave thing to do because you can always think, what do other people think? Oh, that's part of casting aside. Yeah, well done, well done, well done. Lots of people responding. If that's you and you need to respond, please stand. I'm just going to pray for those who are standing in just a moment. going to push this hard but if anybody else wants to join us please stand stand up now that would be great
Okay, I just want to pray for us. Father, I want to thank you for what you're doing in these days amongst us, for great stories of your grace and mercy being expressed and told in this church. We say thank you so much. And just looking around, seeing all these people standing, Father, would you come and help each and every one to go from here having acknowledged there's something which you've put your finger on to moving to repentance and to action beyond that. Come, Spirit of God, give us faith, give us courage, give us boldness that we can live in that freedom you've won for us, completely free. Free to step into all that you've called us to be, uh, to enjoy encounters with you, to step up into all that you've called us to be and to step out with the good news of the kingdom of uh, the gospel. <laughs> wow. Help us, Lord, we ask. Bless each and every one who's standing, I pray. Help us to journey together. Hallelujah. Amen. And please take your seats. Amen. I just want to finish by highlighting um, one tool which we've recently been running in Harvest Church and which we're just sort of taking up to another step. We call them discipleship triplets. Uh, we say they're helping each other to uh, grow to live like Jesus. There's a flyer on them like that on the table by the door. Uh, it's something we're not saying you've got to be part of, but you may want to be part of. It's groups of three people who help each other to become more like Jesus. It's simple as that. There's no program attached. You control the groups. The explanation of them is in the flyer, so why not pick up a flyer? There's uh, probably 100 copies of the flyer on the table, so there should be plenty. If we run out, we'll print some more off, though that's really easy to do. Let's help each other be true disciples of Jesus and to pursue him. Amen? Amen. Thank you so much. We'll finish at that point. Uh, if I can encourage you, if you've got children downstairs, please to grab children. Helen, is there any final announcements you need to do or anything just as we finish off? Only to say that normally at this point we'd say look at the update, but there is no update anymore. Um, we now have what's brewing. Okay, so in here in the middle is um, dates. Now Katie asked if I could do a demonstration of the pull-out calendar in the middle. So apparently you can pull the middle out and you get a handy calendar, just like this. There you go. <laughs> it worked, Katie. So, yeah, key dates are on here. Um, electronic copies have gone out to these who are on the old update list. Um, but if you want to grab a hard copy, there's some around the building. Okay, please take that and help yourself to refreshments. Thank you.